Welcome back to the Blind Side Rewind. I'm one of your hosts, Jeremy Timmerman, joined as always by my buddy Justin Baxley. Justin, what's going on? Not much, man. Um, excited uh, to be uh, doing this again, uh, doing a different episode. Uh, we we went, we ran through our tournament recently, which was a ton of fun. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to the last five, six episodes. It was five episodes. It was five parts. Um, five parts. Everything, um, you know, it, we, we finished season 41 live and then we ran through our tournament for five weeks. Um, so that was a little bit different, something we haven't done before. So it was a lot of fun. And now we're, we're getting back into a rewatch, which I'm really excited about. We'll reveal the season in a little while. Um, I'm super excited about that. I'm pumped. This is one of my favorite seasons. Um, you and I have talked about it for a long time. We finally, uh, by the luck of the Paramount Plus subscription not getting canceled, we're, we're watching it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I ordered, I ordered the, uh, the free tr- one week trial because I thought Yellowstone was on there. It's not. Then I forgot to cancel. So now I've got, uh, for the next several weeks, at least I've got Paramount plus, um, that will not be my preferred method for watching the show because, well, I don't want to ruin any future sponsorship deals, but let's just say I won't be uh, intentionally using Paramount plus much longer. Um, I hadn't had a problem with Paramount, but I, I I guess I've bought up and didn't pay for the commercial part. I, I like, just had a trouble with like the the fast forward and rewind. It's just if if you're watching, uh, then you're fine. Like just keep watching. But like if you have to go back, yeah, if you have to go back. God bless you. That's all I gotta say. HBO. I mean, not to ruin another one, but HBO Max is kind of like that too. I love yeah. the content on HBO Max, but HBO Max has a lot of like really finicky, like trying to go back and forth. And if you want to pause or you didn't hear something, it's really tough. But how's your week been, Jeremy, since we wrapped up our big tournament and had some really tough decisions to make last week? Yeah, it's, it's been good, you know, just, just kind of living. It's been cold here. I mean, if you're from somewhere else, if, if, if you're from somewhere else, like our weather is, is probably nothing to you. But we've had some, some 20s and 30s days, uh, and that's just not normal for us. So – no, it's not. And we've had some like thirty and raining, which is the worst. Well, now we're, we're you know we're gonna get some feels like nine degrees this weekend. So that's right. Uh, Saturday morning, about the time that like I would be. Thank God it's Saturday because that's about the time I would be getting up and going to work. We've got like a feels like eight on Saturday morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm not super super pumped for that. If, if we're being honest, um, I'll have the 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 heated electric blanket going. And, and I might even I might even crank the heat up a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you got you got to get toasty. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I tell you, you who also had toasty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, some folks who had a hard time getting toasty. Uh, the season, and if if you've been listening for a while, you you probably figured out what season we're going to. Um, David versus Goliath, season thirty-seven. Um, Interesting factoid that Justin attempted to tell me, and then we had to dance through it, is that uh, season 37 was filmed actually after season 38, uh, or Edge of Extinction. Yeah. Um, He said, (laughs) Justin was like, I did a really poor job of explaining it. Justin said, uh, yeah, so this was filmed before season 38. And I was like, well, yeah, that's that's how numbers work, Justin. And uh, he said, no, 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 I mean, this was filmed after (laughs) season 38, which is, is a lot more noteworthy. So that's a lot of fun. Do you have yeah, any insight as to why they not, did that? So from my understanding, um, I, they, they thought 37 just had more action and more, if I had to get, honestly, just less controversy. Um, if I mean, like 38 is a pretty controversial season with the fans, right? 37 is pretty, pretty yeah. beloved for a new age season because like a lot of Survivor fans really love the old school. And like they're really stuck in seasons like, I don't know, like all stars, Cook Pearl Islands, Cook Islands, all the way up to like Heroes versus Will. And those are the ones that are beloved. Kagyan, it's a newer season that people like, but like pretty much like Game Changers is not really loved very much. Uh, there's a couple other ones that are just like meh. Um, and then like David versus Goliath is the one that everybody loves. And so I think that uh, played a big part in it. But if I'm not mistaken, like Rick went on one of the podcast shows and talked about it that like, he had to kind of keep that a secret for a lot longer than, than I think he expected because he, he filmed before 37. Like 
So he had to wait a full year instead of it being like they filmed in the summer and then the fall his his episodes come out or whatever. Or it might have been the other way around, but you know what I mean. Like he was thinking yes. he was going to get his his episodes were going to come out in the I guess it would have been the fall. Um, and then they ended up having to come out in the spring. And so, like, that's an even longer time for those folks to wait, um, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. And this season, I mean, the way um, I, I feel like, you know, with the cast, we talked about this in our in our messages back and forth as we were watching the first two episodes. That's what we'll be covering tonight. There were some stretches to make the theme fit. You know, David is the underdogs, the folks who have to work for everything they get, the folks who um, have really had had a harder go of it, and the, the Goliaths, those are the people who, um, I don't want to say silver spoons because some of those people have had to work too, but they, they're living the upper crust of life. That's your doctors. Uh, John Morrison, who's a professional wrestler, uh, he is not currently under contract with WWE. Did they release him? I think that's right. Um, it's that hard to tell. Right. If you're not a wrestling um, fan, they've released a lot of people recently, and it's hard to keep track of who who, who has been and who hasn't. Yeah, I, I'm almost positive he got released recently because yeah, his but, wife also was released. Yeah, but anyway, he's he's been in w, every major wrestling company other than AEW he's been a part of over the last, gosh, two decades. Don't rule him out. <laughs> and, and probably if he shows back up, it will be in AEW. So he will have hit all the major companies. He's, his punch card is very full. Um Really cool and guy. One of the top wrestlers too for the last two decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been he's been at the top of all of those companies. Um, in fact, there was a really cool yeah, wrestling promotion. In fact, there was a really cool wrestling promotion. If you're not into professional wrestling, but you're into like reality TV, you might enjoy Lucha Underground if you can find it on YouTube or whatever platform it's on. And he was the guy from the start in Lucha Underground. He was the main protagonist for a long time in that. Um, yeah, he, he did that. Um, he was obviously at the top of impact for, I mean, you call it their, their dark ages to a certain degree. This is not a wrestling podcast. Probably could do a wrestling podcast. Me and Jeremy have a lot of interests that are in common that we could do a ton of, ton of different podcasts on for what it's worth. But, um, just real quick, like through the dark ages, he kind of carried that company and kept them alive to the point where like now they're kind of reemerging as a, as a pretty cool, uh, company now. So, so all that to say, John Morrison is like the prototype for what they were looking for with Goliath. Also, Mike White, who you if if you're not if you're not familiar with the season, you don't know and you don't know the name Mike White. You'd know him if you saw him. Um, he was one of the guys in School of Rock. Uh, he's big time Hollywood writer and director and and sometimes actor. Um, they had doctors on that tribe. Just a very stacked tribe. But they stretched it to make to make it work. Uh, you know, if, if Mike White wasn't famous, he's the type of guy who would have been on the, the David tribe. Um, it would have been like a mid-level David guy. Right. Based on not not based on strategy or social, but like mid-level in terms of just like he fits that kind of like that nerd category. Yeah. And then there are some people on the David category that Davey in particular, oddly enough, who until he starts talking, I'm like, this is a big, beefy guy. He seems athletic. He's cool looking. You know, he's got a good look about him. He seems like he'd be a Goliath. Now, come to find out, he's re- he describes himself as a blurred, a black nerd, which I, I just, he's such a cool guy to talk to because he, like, watching him talk, he's so happy. He's such, he's got such an infectious, he's so excited. Yeah. He's so excited to be there, but not in a game bot way. It, he's like, he, it's similar to Nasir. It's just a, a joyful yeah. uh, thing where, like, you can just tell it's his personality. And he likes playing the game. Like, you can tell that he's he's excited about being there um, and getting to do the things on the island. It really does. It, it reminded me, like, when we were rewatching it, it reminded me a lot of what Nasir was like through those first few episodes of, like, every time he got on the screen, you were just happy to see it. Yeah, it's a really cool. And, and so far, um, I kind of judge casts based on not necessarily the ceiling but the floor um and you guys have heard us talk about china china has some maybe one of the highest ceilings in terms of really good players really good engaging personalities of any season but the floor is so low with dave and um john robert that it really brings the season down we talked 
Well, I mean, even the ones that we like, like Chicken Breeze that season now. Even though, like, if we don't get the damn, like, well, I don't know that we really enjoyed the season as much as we did. That's really that's really all we enjoyed about him. And 41 is, is similar. I think 41 is similar to David versus Goliath in that I, I don't know that it has an all-time superpower survivor player on it. Right. But the worst players on this season are still enjoyable to watch. For instance, Dan. Dan is probably my least favorite person to watch on this season so far. But it's just because he's so obsessed with the pretty girls. Mm-hmm. It's not – he's not like – a toxic person. He's not somebody who makes, who I I could see myself wanting to punch in the face. He's just, he's just like, I I would hope that I wouldn't be like Dan, you know, I would hope, you know, I haven't been single in 15 years, Justin, but I would hope that, um, if I were in that situation, I wouldn't be talking to a camera and saying things like, yeah, not only did I find immunity idol, I found it with the two hottest girls on the Island. If I I don't know if you can hurt yourself rolling your eyes, but if you can, I could have. Yeah, I, I kind of wanted like, you know, you mentioned punching. I just kind of wanted to drop kick him in the chest, not because of, out of anger, but just out of like, please check yourself, sir. Yeah, <laughs> some things out because you could be really good at this game, but you're getting blinded. And I mean, he he said it. I mean, he he outright told the girl, "You're my kryptonite." Um, and you can't tell somebody that. You can't. No, that's how you go home. And so, you know, I think that – and she recognizes that, like, he's not very good for her game because of the way he looks at her with those puppy dog eyes of, like, love. She recognizes it pretty off – off like, within the first two episodes, she's like, look, I like Dan. Dan's a cool dude. I mean, I, I enjoy having him around me. But, like, he's really bad for my game because people think that, like, we're already inseparable. And I don't even feel for him like that. He's just, you know, he's a friend. But, you know, he's another one that, like, I won't say that, like, he definitely fits the Goliath type. But, like, personality-wise, you could make a, 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 a it's not a, it's not a far leap to say that, like, he had the David lifestyle up until the point where he decided to get into shape. And, like, he has yeah, he's, he's David over- mentality to him that I think made yeah. him very excitable about the pretty girls talking to him. Um, if that yeah. Yeah, he's, he is a, a, he's an unattractive dude in an attractive dude's body. Like he still has the mindset of an unattractive guy and that, Oh gosh, the pretty girls are talking to me. Yeah. Like, so he's a stud, you know, <laughs> like he's a stud. And I think that, I think that's what makes this season so fun so far is that yeah they're divided David and Goliath we're going to get into the marooning in a second because you you hit the nail on the head it's a really good marooning but you have people like Dan who have the mindset of more of like the David personality in the body of a Goliath but then you have people like Christian who he is 100% a David he's a professor of some sort of science that I don't understand he's incredibly smart he's a it's a somebody called smart. him big bang theory and that's exactly what it reminds me of he reminds me of the character it was mike mike white called yeah, him that he reminds me of the characters on big bang theory but when i say he's smart he's not just like can do a math problem in his head smart he's smart at relating to people he's smart at conveying information. I mean, he said things at their first tribal council that had the cast and me sitting there going, Oh wow. Yeah. He's right. Wow. Yeah. That's a really smart way to put that. So it's not just winners and losers here. It's just different mentalities of life. And I enjoy it so much. Well, Christian said in, a, in an after the season interview with uh, our, one of our, um, I said local, but it's at the Atlanta paper. Cause he's a Georgia tech student. Um, or he was, uh, and he, he mentioned that he didn't realize he was going to be such a, like a social guy on the, in the game. Like he didn't expect them to accept him the way that they did. But you know, it, even through the first couple episodes, you're like, you know, it was easy to judge this, this kid. And all of a sudden, like he comes off as so genuine. I think that's the thing that, that really like pulls people into him because 
he's he's not your typical just nerdy guy. Like he has this great personality of like, you know, he's he's got some funny things that he says and you can just tell he's very strategic, but it's not in the like game bot way, which we've talked about before. It's like he genuinely is thinking through like his relationships and like, yeah, he could pull off a big blind side because he wants to pull off a big blind side, like in a game bot way, but that's not what he's saying. He He's like, you know, my, 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 my biggest ally is Gabby. Gabby wants to make this move. I don't necessarily know that it's the best move, but in order to make sure that me and her can stick together going forward, I really think we need to make this move. And like, it just, it's not like he's just trying to check boxes. He's really thinking through why these moves are going to impact him with various relationships, with various people and with maybe future votes. Like it's the kind of game that if I ever showed up on the island with returners and he was one of them, it would absolutely terrify me. Yeah, because he'd have to go immediately. He's processing everything at a speed that I just can't process. Um, but then he, he, I described him this way in our chat. I don't know that I should be calling a grown man adorable, <laughs> like a grown man with a PhD. Like this man is clearly smarter than me. He's older than me. Like this dude is accomplished. And, but the word that came to mind when I watched him play was this dude is adorable. Like if I was on that Island, I would want to, and this is how people like him could win is because in the first, you know, if obviously, like I just said, if I saw specifically Christian, I would want to get him out because he's terrifying. But if you're playing a, if I'm playing a first time season with somebody with that personality, I'm like, I have to protect this man at all costs. I have to make sure this man is safe. I have to keep him. I cannot let these vultures take take him out. And I, I was just really fascinated by the way he plays the game. Yeah, and I, I loved his interactions with Gabby. Um, and that's something I'll, I'll go into real quick. Gabby's a really fun character. She, you called her, she has a little bit of a head case thing, but like, uh, where where she's kind of all over the place and worried and 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 I do think to some degree maybe that is hurting Christian's game, um, or it could I, I won't say it is right now, but it could eventually hurt his game if he follows down that path too hard because, you know, it, it, you worry that he, like he's got his own like he's processed everything at a different level and not to say that Gabby's not smart because she is but like. He's processing it at a different level, and she's processing it at a level in which she still has some paranoia about it. And so, you know, that's my only worry with that relationship. But in terms of just television, they may be the best part of the season so far. Is Oh, man. When they were sitting on the beach and she was like – she's like doodling in the sand while she's talking because she's a nervous wreck. And she's like doodling in the sand, and she's like, so, so do you want to play with me? And he's like – like like in the sand. <laughs> and it was when just you, so when you said adorable. Like that, that's adorable. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, and, and I think he wasn't asking that in terms of like, he didn't understand what she was saying. I think he was asking in like, I think in his brain, they were already playing together. Like they were already a, a, a unit. They were already a team. And so it wasn't in question whether or not he would play with her because she, she's his number one. Yeah, I think that was already determined in his mind of like, yeah, we're playing together. And then she 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 says something about playing in the sand or playing. And he's like, in the sand? Like, yeah, I mean, I guess if that's really what you want to do right now, we should probably <laughs> be thinking about the game. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, man, it was just adorable. I love watching. Like, so far, those two are in my adorable list, along with Hannah. And I feel like there's a guy that, another guy that I've put in the adorable list. But I can't I'm remember. Yeah, yeah, that's who it was. Yeah, see there, and like I'll throw like I, I don't know about you, but I, I'll throw Davy in, into that mix because like his is a little bit different, but like in the sense of again, he just when he comes on the screen, I light up like I enjoy watching him play. Um, and so when you were talking earlier, I'll, I'm, I'm gonna cycle back around and probably bring up a couple more, more castmates, but our cast members. But what I'll say is when you mentioned the floor versus the ceiling for this season. You've probably got just based on the first couple of episodes. I don't know about you, but I, I picked out maybe so Davy, uh, Gabby, Christian, uh, Dan. Somebody like as much as like he might be one of my least favorites in terms of like how he acts. I'd like to see him play again. 
Um, like I haven't ruled yeah. him as wanting to play again. Um, in terms of the people they've really shown us, like Carl is somebody that <laughs> they, he don't like nobody, and I think that's just such a funny dynamic. Like, <laughs> like he hates everybody. Um, <laughs> and Jeremy is one that like. Like Jeremy, I've seen like in two episodes, I've already been on a roller coaster with him because there are some times where I'm like, he's kind of getting on my nerves. And then there are times when like he's walking with Christian, he tells Christian something to do, and then he goes, I'm being a little bossy, right? I got to work on that. And just that self awareness, because self awareness is something that's important to him. Yeah. We see that in these episodes. Well, he's on the Goliath tribe, right? Or did I make that up? Jeremy is on the Goliath tribe, so it must not have been Christian he was walking with. Who was he walking with? He was talking to Natalie. It was a lot. Mike. It was Mike. That's who he was walking with. He, Mike, okay. They were walking on the little rocks right there in the the shallow water, and he said he was telling him, you know, grab this. Don't put your, don't put don't put that spear through your foot. Something like that. And then he was like, I'm being a little bossy. I need to work on that. And that's just that self awareness of like knowing your flaws and not just knowing your flaws, but addressing it with somebody else. That's huge relationship work because. Yeah, he was being bossy, and he kept being bossy. But in Mike's mind, that just diffuses that. That's like dealing with people one-on-one. If you acknowledge that it's something you need to work on, you're going to get grace on it, and and it's not going to be something that gets you voted out. Even if he continues to boss Mike around, Mike heard him say, yeah, I recognize that's a problem. I need to work on that. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to diffuse that problem. Right. Well, it already cuts down the expectation too that like yes he's probably going to be a little bossy to me every now and again but he's working on it so that's a good thing yeah yeah and so yeah. like jeremy jeremy's not jeremy's somebody i wouldn't mind seeing play again at least at this stage i don't i it's been a while since i've seen this season so i don't remember if i really like some of these people as the season progresses so that's a good thing for the podcast um but through the first couple episodes like there's really only two people that are like immediately i'm like yeah i don't know that i'd want to see them play again and i don't know that they would want to play again maybe natalie and pat um, you know, Pat obviously gets meta. Poor Pat. Yeah, he gets medevaced out, which I mean, it's tough. But like, just some of the stuff, like the the part of like he's building them the shelter, and he's just like making everyone uncomfortable the entire time with like all of his the things he was saying. I'm just like, yeah, he, like I don't need all this. Like, it's just not worth. It's not worth keeping him around. Um, especially like if I'm on the island and I'm hearing all that. Like, or if I'm like if. God forbid I turn into that person. Like I'd want to be, I'd want to be kicked out immediately so that I couldn't continue to kind of make an ass of myself. I mean, <laughs> like he just didn't come yeah. across as great. And then Natalie's just rude. Like I don't know what else to call her. Like she, you know, we talk about Carl hating everyone, but it's in like a funny way. I think she hates everyone, and it's not. And let me tell you, the best part of Jeremy in this whole like couple episodes is the part where he goes to Natalie and starts talking to her, and he's like, you're being abrasive just to be abrasive. I'm like, you just need to work on that. And, like, I'm not trying to come at you sideways, but, like, these other people are going to want to get you out. She's like, why do they want to get me out? Like, I'm I'm clearly, like, I'm not a threat. Why would they want me out? And he's like, because you're causing waves, and you're not helping in challenges. So it's not like we're we're in a tribe phase where if we go, if we lose – we're going to cut the weak link because we're dominating in everything else. There's no point in keeping you around. Like, I need you to understand that. And she comes back at him and like, just goes and like, he's clearly trying to help her. And he just, she just goes off on him and he, he turns into the confessional and he goes, you know, she's been married for a very, very long time. Somebody clearly loves her. She ain't changing. And I thought that was the funniest thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's great is like, and I get like we see the edit, we see what we're supposed to see, but like we have clearly seen that just in a very short period of time on the island, she has rubbed basically everybody on that tribe the wrong way. She's not helping. She's glaring at people. She's rude. And then when he, when he, Jeremy's talking to her and he says something like, yeah, so you're, you don't really have good relationships with people. She's like, no, I have great relationships with people. And then she, he's talking about having self-awareness. She's like, oh, I'm self-aware. And he's like, well, this is what self-awareness means. <laughs> he's trying to break it down to her like, ma'am, you, you are not self-aware. You are not aware of what's going on here. You think that you have these good relationships, but folks are going to vote you out. And eventually he just gives up. He's just like, you know what? Um, 
maybe she just needs to go. Maybe that's the solution. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of the 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 the, the biggest problem I have on the season is, is just those those two. And Pat's already gone, and I assume Natalie probably won't be around too much longer. Um, it, just based on watching the edit, like you just know that like if these Goliaths ever have to go to tribal, like she's clearly a, a chopping block member. And so when you talk about that floor versus ceiling, man, that you're right. Like the ceiling's not high in like where like you go back to Kagiyan and you've got, there's probably 10 people that are relatively forgettable, but there's about four folks that I want to see go play again. Cause I think they can go win. I don't, yeah, 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 and then and that's what I mean by ceiling is like there's a lot of people on this season that I, that I would love to see play again, but just off the rip, I don't see a whole ton of people that are going to win if they play again. No, and like John Morrison they just, or they just be Hennig. fun. They just be, they just be fun characters. Yeah, John John somebody like through the first couple episodes, and I didn't expect it. Like I'm a wrestling fan, so I like. I mean, I, I was going to always have that bias of enjoying seeing him on my TV, but like we've had some had some celebrities that have been on there, and I'm just like, yeah, like they're not contributing at all. They clearly think they're too big for this game. Like, let's just move them off. He's legitimately involved in it and like seems to love the game of Survivor, and so he's just an entertaining guy. And so like, he's somebody I'd want to see play again. And then there's like, you know, uh, I want to see Davey play again. Like just that that whole cast. There's nobody that I can pick out, and it's very similar to 41, where there's probably 10 people that I really like, and then there's probably like four people that. I don't like as much, but like I wouldn't hate if they came back. And that feels very similar to what we're getting in David versus Goliath. Yeah. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to break down a little bit more of the action. Now that we've talked about the cast and the setup, we'll break down a little more of the action when we come back. So, Justin, one thing you mentioned is how much you love the marooning on this season. And first of all, uh, they had no idea why they were in the tribes. So the, they reveal the David versus Goliath motif, and everybody seemed pretty excited about that, and which was interesting that even the Davids were, were like really excited about it. Well, it felt like that they took on that identity and that role, and I thought that Nick, who – we obviously know what happens in the season on, in terms of winning because he, we, we've seen winners at war. Um, but Nick is, is he, he talks about it in the, in the opening. He says, you know, not only did David slew Goliath, but he also became a king. And so it's almost like they embrace this and like they want foreshadowing. Yeah. They want to, (laughs) they want the, they want this role. They don't, they don't look at it as a disadvantage because you know, David, David ultimately like in the, in the Bible won, like, and, and you mentioned foreshadowing, but like David won and like being a Goliath. Yes. There are things that inherently, because you've got positions of power that you're in, like white Mike white, because he's a, he's a celebrity slash, like he's just an upper crust kind of individual um, versus, and there's, there's some people on that Goliath tribe that are just, they're massive people like John. But on the other side, you've got people who are successful. Like Nick is a lawyer. He's a, he's a public defender. Um, Christian is a very smart professor, dude. <laughs> um, like you've got people who have made it in life. It's not like just a bunch of like poor, low down, like weaklings. Like they're people that can, that can clearly hold their own in this game. And so they, they have clearly adopted this mentality of like, You've already counted us out. That's fine. We're going to go try to win this game. Well, and Pat, I mean, he's on the David's tribe because he's he's poor. He comes from low-income family. <coughs> he's kind of had to make his own way in life. But he's the most competent when it comes to building shelters of either tribe. Um, he's the one who, who puts together the – or who leads the way in putting together the David's tri- uh, shelter. And it's a more – cohesive shelter concept than what the, the Goliaths were able to put together. I think the other thing it does is when it's David versus Goliath, even the other Goliaths know where the targets are, right? The show, the show has told you mm-hmm. all the winners are over here. All the people you have to worry about are over here. 
So they're going to be eating each other. They're going to be the ones that when you get to the merge, they've already identified that like, all right, even if it's subconscious, all the big threats are over here. So when we get to the merge, I've got to figure out a way to get John out of the game. I've got to figure out a way to get Mike out of the game. I've got to figure out a way to get, what's the doctor lady? What's her name? The tall lady. Uh, I don't remember. Angelina's yeah, on there too. I I've like got to figure out a way to get these, these people out of the game. So it'll be much easier, no matter the numbers, for the Davids to kind of band together and say, listen, if I'm, if I'm somebody like a Christian, like a Pat, who, you know, poor Pat, he goes home because he uh, gets his back broken in a, in a boat accident. Um, if I'm one of those people that, that's kind of a leader-type mentality in the David's tribe, I'm going to be preaching about tribe unity. Yeah, we're going to have to vote somebody out. Yeah, we're, you know, all of us aren't going to make it to the merge. But the ones that do, we have to stick together because we've got to take those Goliaths out. We cannot let them run over us. So in a way, it's an advantage to be on the David's tribe. If you can just avoid getting voted out by getting railroaded in the, in the immunity challenges. Yeah. And that, that's kind of where we're at now. Yeah. Can they avoid that? Um, which to circle back to the marooning part, um, what made it unique, um, Jeremy, and what I liked about it was they immediately asked the Goliaths to pick their two strongest players and they asked them to pick the two weakest Dave, Davids. Um, and so Lirsa and Christian get picked for the weakest Davids and the strongest uh, Goliaths are John and yeah, uh, the lady that I'm not thinking about. Um, Allison, maybe is that her name? Allison sounds right. Allison sounds right. So uh, John and Allison um, are are together, and so I thought that you know, like just looking at them, like yes, this is about to be a blowout in favor of the Goliaths. Um, what they give the Davids the opportunity to do is pick the obstacles they have to go through to get to the end. And so they give the uh, Goliaths the toughest of the, the initial one was there was like a rope bridge over water that you could hang on. Um, there was build a rope bridge. And then there was the one like you just walk on and you balance a rope and you walk across it together. Um, I thought, and maybe you can correct me on this, I thought that the most difficult one was the bridge where you had to build it because you could only move so many things at a time. But I thought the second most difficult one was the one that Christian and them selected, which was over the water where you had to hang on to that bridge and hope you didn't fall in. I thought the easiest was the one with the balance where you just kind of walk with the rope and you get to the end. Um, I'm not sure on that. I do think the bigger focus for them, for those portions in particular needed to be on making sure you gave the Goliath the toughest one. Um, yeah, no, I think you're right. I just think that, like, they they almost goofed in a lot of ways because, I mean, it obviously would not have mattered once they got to the puzzle, I don't think. Um, we'll get to that in a second. But the, the initial, like, the initial thing of, like, the thing over the water made it a little bit closer than it probably should have. And then they chose to crawl, do the crawl under while they gave them the tube. I do think the tube may have been the tougher one, but the crawl under wasn't easy. Um, and yeah. so with them being a little smaller, yeah. I thought the crawl, the, the tunnel may have even been easier for Christian to do. I don't know, but I would have put John, I would have made John crawl under that net. Correct. But I think one thing, and <clears throat> it all just depends on how much information they were given and how much, of a demo they were given. I don't think they appreciated right. how tight that net was to the floor because right. that's what made it hard is that net had no give. You weren't just crawling under a net. That net was kind of pinning them to the deck of the boat that they were on. And I think if they had known that maybe John would have gone through that. They would have made John crawl his big tail under that, under that net. Cause it would have been that really road. hard. Yeah. And then they get to the puzzle and you and I kind of disagreed on this. Um, is they gave the Goliath a 15-piece, like, big old puzzle, and they gave themselves a slide puzzle. And there was another one where, like, what, like, lifting sandbags or something? Yeah, it was one they were never going to – nobody was going to end up Nobody was going It was moving through. Yeah. <clears throat> I think maybe if um, the Goliaths 
had for some reason chosen like Davy and, and Pat, maybe you go with the sandbags because you think yeah. they can move 30 sandbags faster than the Goliaths can do a slide puzzle. But other with the pairs that were given, they weren't going to let John right. muscle those bags back and forth, and they weren't going to do it. So that one was clearly not going to get chosen. And then it became which puzzle, which puzzle, which puzzle they preferred. And I do think that the slide puzzle puzzle is genuine, generally tougher for the average contestant. The difference was Christian. Apparently, in his spare time, he just he, he algorithms slide puzzles and he talked about that like he could have went faster and he went through probably the fat that's probably the fastest anybody's ever done a slide puzzle on survivor and it's not even like close yeah yeah it was maniacal. So, it was maniacal yeah so when i said that i would have given john and uh allison the slide puzzle i didn't realize that christian was like a wizard at slide puzzles i was just thinking yeah in, different i was thinking in general the slide puzzle is the toughest thing. The slide puzzle is the one that, like, I told you, if I was ever on there and there was an individual immunity that had a slide puzzle and it was one where I could choose to sit out neat, I would choose to sit out neat because I don't know that I would ever finish a slide puzzle. That's how hard I think they are. They're very complicated. So I would have given the Goliaths that and said, good luck, buddy. But I didn't know that Christian was a wizard right. at slide puzzles and so- specifically. And he ends up being right. He ends up being a wizard. He blows through it, destroys the slide puzzle. I mean, just absolutely wrecks it. And then he gets over at the end once they finished it. And Jeff's talking to him. He's like, Christian, I've never seen anything like it. He's like, Oh yeah, I, I built that. I built an algorithm in undergrad. Like, that's nothing, man. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know why you're so impressed. And he goes, He goes, truthfully, when you said slide puzzle, he said that revealed that this was never a fair fight. Like it didn't matter how far behind we got. We were going to win this challenge because I was going to be able to complete the slide puzzle so quickly. Like, <laughs> like and the, the looks on everybody's faces. And I, I think it was a, I don't know if survivor knew this would happen, but it just gave the immediate. These go, these Davids are not out of it. These Davids, they have some tricks up their sleeves. They have some capabilities that no amount of strength can match. Um, and so well, I, no, because Survivor does those survivory survivor challenges where there's puzzles at the end, and we'll talk about it in a second. Like that's what's keeping the the Davids in in all these challenges to the very end is that there's still a puzzle component. Yeah, yeah, because they lost. What was uh, what was the puzzle at the end of the first one? Oh, at the mm-hmm. end of the first one was that the number puzzle? Yeah, and like they they were behind by like a bajillion meters or whatever you want to call it. Like they were way behind, but they get to that puzzle and Christian just dominates that one too. And he's like one or two numbers away from winning it. If they had just gotten there probably 20 seconds earlier, they win that. Yeah. And like, and and that would still be like, it would have still been about six minutes or so behind the Goliaths. That's the crazy part is like, I'm making up six minutes, but like, that they would have it was still have been a great amount of time between when the Goliaths finished the physical portion to when the Davids got to the the puzzle. Like if they had just gotten there twenty seconds earlier, which is still not a ton of time shaved off. Like if Carl doesn't fall down like three times, they probably win that challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they lose it though. And and Pat was going to go home, but on the we think because he was he was kind of domineering at, at tribal at, at uh, camp, and he was um, kind of crass, made some jokes that other people weren't comfortable with. But uh, I kind of thought the way that Survivor handled the weather in this episode was really irresponsible. Um, there was a, a cyclone coming, which is which is a, just a hurricane in the Pacific. I mean, it's um, a really nasty storm. And they had them riding on a little boat on the way back from the challenge. And they crashed down off of a wave. And, then, I mean, it, it broke his back. I mean, I, I assume that's what it was. Is that is that accurate? I don't know. That we ever, I've never really looked to confirm if that's what it was. But they said they heard a crack and he couldn't move. Um, like, it was bad enough that he – basically, he was done. I mean, immediately. He knew – he knew he was done. 
and the doctors came in. They pulled him from the game pretty much immediately. Uh, those waves were nasty. Um, they never showed us Pat breaking his back because I mean, they're not going to do that. But from the way one of them described it was they heard the snap of his back. Yeah, it was it was pretty nasty. Um, and then on the uh, th- that night when they're all in camp, I mean the weather just looks so bad. And then they get to um, the next immunity challenge, and Jeff says, "Oh yeah, um, that was a cyclone." <clears throat> and in my mind, I'm like, "That that seems like a bad idea." Well, because it, it, that's the kind of storm where. All it would take. And what season was it we saw where they actually evacuated the beach for a little bit? What was that one? And they, uh, oh, it was uh, Millennials vs. Millennials vs. Gen X. They took them somewhere else. Um, and, and I really just I don't understand. And I get it. It could have been a low level hurricane, but what are they? Or a low level cyclone? But what's going to be their explanation when one of those uh, palm trees falls over? on the, on the, uh, the shelter and paralyzes somebody and they go, yeah, I mean, yeah, we knew it was a cyclone, but like, it was like a little cyclone. I mean, what, what, what's, what's the explanation going to be to that family? You know, I just, it seemed really irresponsible. You've already, you've. Well, even to Pat, Pat, Pat didn't get hurt in a challenge, you know, like if he breaks his back in a challenge, you kind of sign up for that. You don't sign up to break your back on the way back from, you know, from from the challenge, you know. Yeah, right. Like he got hurt in a boat because of. To me, that would have been like a sign. Like, hey, we should dial this back. It it's early enough in the season. It won't hurt the the competition and the spirit of the competition for us to take these folks somewhere safe, and in a day or so bring them back. But that's not what they did. They made them sit out there in the cyclone, and thankfully nobody else got hurt. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I thought it was I thought it was a little irresponsible, and it's just something that like you can avoid. Like and that's the that's I guess that's the frustrating part is that they could have avoided it, like it because we've seen them do it. It's not like you know, it's not like a like they haven't set the precedence of being able to pull them off the island because the the weather gets so bad. Like us as the viewer, we understand. Like it gets bad. We, I mean, look, it's it's survivor in the sense of of like you want them to go out and survive, but like I'm not watching naked and afraid. <laughs> like I, you were like, right. I'm not signing up to watch them go one on one with a rattlesnake every other episode. Like it's just like that's not what I expect from them. Yeah, I, I I know, and I know that there are people, there are survivor fans that want to see more of the survival elements. But like, I just didn't need to see them sit out and risk their lives in a in a cyclone for that. I just didn't need to see it, and it just felt it, it felt unnecessary. Um, thankfully, everybody was okay. They go they go to the next challenge. Um, the Goliaths win again, but it, and it's similar story. They got a big old lead. The Davids almost come back. Um, but this time it's kind of a puzzle that kind of favors physical strength and, and the Goliaths were just able, it's one of those, it, it's a team version of one that we've seen in the individual phase where you have to hold a rope and balance a platform and you build your puzzle on top of the platform and there's teamwork. It just seems like the Goliaths, you know, John Morrison can hold one of those platforms steady while somebody else puts a puzzle piece up or whatever, a lot easier than Christian can. And uh, the puzzle seemed to favor the Goliaths a little more, and they, they kind of wrecked shop on that one. Yeah, that one's, that one's a little bit more even, because I do think that Survivor probably recognizes pretty early on that if you just give them a straight-up puzzle, Christian's going to wreck it, and there's nothing you can do. Like, yeah. he's already eliminated, let's just call it a five-minute lead, he's already eliminated a five-minute lead by himself in a in a puzzle that, like, still favors somebody that can pick those big puzzle pieces up and move them quickly. Like if they had a, a bigger, like another big guy that could care, like John was on the other team. <clears throat> like if you trade John for like, let's just say Davey, which Davey is again, a pretty big dude. 
John being five seconds faster on each one of those carries than Davy is enough to win to win the David's that one because Christian's so much better at the puzzle than Allison was. And that's just that's a simple like you're the puzzle is right. you're just counting down one to thirty. Like that's a simple puzzle. Well, and that's another and that's another one where like Christian's strength as a player, you just got to see another facet. Because Allison, she's a smart lady. She's a doctor. You know, she's smart. But she's not as cool under pressure. Yeah, she's she's yelling That's at people and screaming, and 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 the Goliaths didn't seem to make it work. And Jeff noted that that they they kind of had a good. It wasn't one of those where she's yelling and they're falling apart. That's just the way they were interacting. Whereas Christian is the smartest dude on the show, and he's just, hey, yeah, great job. All right, now move that one, move that one down one more, bring that one to the third column. He's so calm under pressure, and it was just so fun to watch because he's up there. <laughs> it's it, there's adrenaline going. It's raining. You know, and and he's just so calm and cool, and they, they almost won it. They didn't, but they almost did. But yeah, so to come back to the the other challenge, the Goliath win. Right. The Goliaths win again. Uh, they get fishing gear that the that Davy in particular really wanted, even though he, even though he's already caught a an octopus, he really wanted that fishing gear. Um, but he didn't get it. Yeah, I thought that for me, I thought Davy, Davy's one of his more fun things was him catching the octopus. He called himself Davy Crockett. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was a really cool moment. I enjoyed seeing him get that octopus. He didn't even want to eat it. He's just like, here, I got this for you guys. And he's like, I really embrace this role of being the provider for this, for this tribe. And I really want to be able to do that well. Yeah, it was, it was just cool. Um, but then, you know, the, the Davids, they do go to tribal council. They, they didn't go the first time because Pat broke his back. I did look it up. It was some kind of compression of the sacs between the spinal column or, or between the, the vertebrae. So still super painful and still kind of serious, but not, not exactly a broken back. Right. But, I mean, nonetheless, it's, it's broken in the sense that I can't use my back to be able to stay in this game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they go to tribal council, and, and there's kind of – the 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 initial plan from the upper half of that David tribe is that they're going to vote out Lyrsa because she's been established as the weakest link. But then Lyrsa starts scrambling a little bit and and puts together a, a nice little plan to take out Jessica, who uh, has hidden from everybody that she's nineteen. She was crying within like the first day on the island for some unknown reason. Um. Because Jeremy, she's nineteen and was not prepared that's to go true. out. Yeah, that, that's. A, um, <laughs> I mean that, that. and it and it was really kind of an interesting, just kind of rethink of the of the dynamics because that, especially in this situation, the the gut reaction is let's take out the weakest player. Who's the weakest player? And everybody identifies Lyrsa. I don't know if that's true or not, but. I don't know that it matters. Like, I think there's probably three or four folks that are at the bottom of that top that don't provide a ton physically. And because you have Christian, you don't need any more mental threats, if that makes sense. Right, exactly. And so Lyrsa and Gabby and Elizabeth the cowgirl, and uh, they work with Christian, and they reel in Nick to like, hey, let's let's take out Jessica instead. Because Jessica's got bonds with um, – uh, Carl and she has a bond with who was the other one? Well, she's made a bond yeah, with everybody. Yeah, she's kind of bonded up with everybody. Like, she, 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 I think what they realized, they started looking around. They're like, "Oh, she had a conversation with you too, huh? Oh, she had a conversation with you too, huh?" And like, it all of a sudden, they they kind of all looked around. They're like, "Oh, well, she's bonded with all of us. That's not good. We need to get her out of here." And I, you mentioned it in our chat was you thought. To some degree, it was the thought process of the Goliaths told us that Lyrsa was our weakest link. They told us that Christian and Lyrsa were our two weakest links based on looks and appearance. And we're just going to stick with that, I think, is how some of those folks took it. And that was kind of like it was it was almost a subconscious of, oh, Lyrsa has been identified as our weakest and Christian has clearly shown that he's not our weakest. So we're just going to call her our, our weakest. Yeah, and you pointed out, too, that Nick was really under fire, and it was interesting because he said a quote. So I put it on our on our Twitter, 
at Blindside Rewind because this quote, you you said something like that that Nick had just said something that I would say, and it was one hundred percent something that I would say. He said, um, "It's very easy to avoid work if you're good at it," and I want that on a T-shirt. I want it on a coffee mug. Um, I want it on a headband. I, I want it on on any piece of paraphernalia I can get it on, because it just it resonated. Yeah, that's really it resonated with me so much. <laughs> but he he got caught up. He's not good at it because a couple of different people, especially Carl, noticed Nick ain't doing anything around here. And there's a chance if they on tribal that first there's night, a- there's a chance he would have gone home. There is. And and Lyrsa even when she was getting ready to scramble, her initial gut instinct was to go after Nick. Like she initially said, Well, Nick doesn't do anything around camp. Like we, we should go after him. And then she kind of took a step back and was like, Well, but they're never gonna go for that because he helped us in the challenge. But what yeah. they might go for is Jessica. Yeah. I might be able to spin this. Like so she but like her initial thought was Nick. Um but again, he's a little too strong in the in the for them in the tribal phase that they they almost can't get rid of him because they just don't have enough bodies to compete with the Goliaths. If they get if they cut him and keep Jessica around, it's a pretty massive difference. If they cut Lyrsa instead of Jessica, there's not a big difference. If they cut Jessica instead of Lyrsa, there's not a big difference. But cutting Nick versus either one of them, it could be detrimental because they could get railroaded. Well, and what uh-huh. and what Christian and Nick in particular, I think, noticed um, the Mason Dixon um, connection there. Um, Christian is from somewhere up north, and and um, Nick's from Nick's Kentucky. from Kentucky, and so they, they form this Mason Dixon connection. I think what they realized is that they have the ability to solidify a a an alliance of five people, and if you have an alliance of five people. You can run that all the way to the end. Um, yeah, because you can run it to the merge, and then once you get there, you can do some things with with idols. You can do some things uh, just with the vote and turning and flipping some folks. Because they're pretty much always that, that, merge at eleven or twelve, which means all you need is one or two. If you've got right. five, all you need is one or two more people, and you can run the game from there. And by by going in. By going along with something that wasn't their initial plan, their initial plan was not to take out Lears or was not to take out um, Jessica. They were going to take out Lyrsa by switching and working with Lyrsa and working with Gabby um, and bringing in who was the fifth person? Cow- and, yeah, cowgirl. And, and cowgirl. By 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 working with them, they have immediately solidified <laughs> that five person bond to where. Now it'll be easy if they want to bring in Davey, they just go get Davey. And they say, listen, like we've gone, we're going to tribal again. Yeah. We've got a group of five. We're going to vote for Carl or we're going to vote for, um, is it by or B? How does she pronounce her name? Well, we're going to yeah, vote for B. Are you B, in or you out? Like they've got the power now and they can run that all the way to final five or six if they want. They can also pivot back to Lyrsa. Like that, that's right. still an option because really what they can do is Nick and Nick and uh, Christian and Gabby are the three. They pulled in Lyrsa and the cowgirl. They could always pivot and use just the, their three and go team up with Carl and Davey to go take out Lyrsa. Right. Like they have the ability to do some things in the game based on how they set it up now that they can either solidify this five and go forward with it or decide that Lyrsa is not strong enough to help me get to the end. Let me pivot back over. Um, Like they've put themselves in a really good spot because the thing is, is if the other group won't pivot with them and they say, no, we won't do it. Well, I still have my five and you've now sealed your fate. Like I'm just going to run through you because you won't work with me. Yeah. Like those three specifically are set up well. It was a really smart play that you don't see a lot of times. Um, people get caught up in making the big moves and making the right moves and uh, what's the smartest play. 
And in this case, they they really did a good job of adapting to the circumstances. And I, I mean, obviously, it works out for Nick because he goes from maybe the first person first person mentioned as a target on the on the tribe that went to tribal council the first two times to winning. So it, it's obviously a good strategy. Right. They they definitely they definitely have set themselves up even. Even though there's the argument to be made that like they they might get railroaded, that that specific group with Nick is safe. They are very well insulated on that tribe. Yeah, yeah, because he's in. You know, you the key, and we talked about this in season forty-one. You want to have the majority in every way that the group that the game could break down, and they've got. Because he's in the he's in the they're now in the majority of the tribe. He's in the majority of that group, and he's in a group big enough that they'll mm-hmm. be close to the majority if they can get to the merge. So, I really, Justin, I really love the way this season's set up. Right. I was going to ask you. This was the. I mean, this is obviously one I was excited for you to see through the first couple episodes. What What are your thoughts on? Did I hype it up too much? Is it living up to the hype? Where where are you falling at so far through the first couple of no, episodes? I mean, I really think that, that you did a good job. I mean, you didn't I didn't I don't think you overhyped it because I'm discovering reasons that I like it. You know, you didn't I I didn't feel like you oversold the cast or, or oversold the theme. I like one of the things I like is that the theme is there, but it's not really I don't feel like they're they're driving home I think the, the theme feels more organic and natural than, say, the, the early episodes of Millennials versus Gen X, when they kept having to remind, "Oh, these millennials, they don't like to work." Right. You know, like it was, it was, it was very forced. It, this feels more natural, more organic, and it, it, it's. I, I enjoy it so far. I'm looking forward to watching more episodes. The the other question I have for you, um, you you didn't care for Nick in forty. What are your impressions of the first couple episodes of Nick versus, I mean, has it, has it, has it started to sway you at all or are you still pretty heavy on uh, Nick's, Nick's terrible? Well, it's tough to say because I do think I don't like the, I'm not going to do anything at camp strategy. And I really think it, it could have bitten him really hard if Pat hadn't been on their tribe, like replace Pat with somebody less abrasive and Nick's going home. You know, and and Pat being abrasive, you know, it, it you know like it's it, two things worked in his favor. Pat was really abrasive, and the weather was bad, and Pat's back got hurt. Um, if you change those two factors that that Nick isn't in control of, Nick goes home right away, um, because he's an easy target, right? Um, and so, or he could have gone home right away. Let's put it that way. So, but I also think that the other thing is. He's getting a, you know, you don't want to get a winner's edit right away. That's what you get with people like Shan, who get that winner's edit right away because they're they're going to be gone at number eight. So I, I I don't think I can judge Nick super well yet, um, but I, I definitely see more about him than I saw in Winners at War, and and I see more of how I already see like we've talked about for the last several minutes. I'm seeing now how he won. Um, with, with with the strategy that he was able to employ. Yeah. Well, and I thought that like I could be wrong on this. It's possible that him opening up to them the way he did saved him anyway. Like I don't know that they were going to vote him out once they heard his story. Once he became because like at a certain point he was no longer the guy that didn't work at camp. He was the guy who. You know, maybe didn't weren't we weren't sure if he really fit the David mold, and then he talks about his mom dying from an overdose. Well, then all of a sudden, like he has a very David story. Yeah, he has an overcomer story, and that becomes one of those things where, you know, I, for me, if I'm out there, I no longer look at Nick as the guy that hadn't been helping me at camp. I look at Nick as, you know, wow, you know, he he was willing to bear his soul to us. When clearly that's something that he doesn't reveal to everybody. Yeah. Um, and something that, and I, one of them, I think it might have been Pat or somebody specifically said, 
he could have held that for the last night. He could have held that up until final tribal council and basically done what Adam did and not saying what Adam did is wrong. Cause I appreciated Adam did not want to win the game because people felt sorry for him. Like he wanted to get to the end and then talk about his mom, which sealed the win for him. But like P- Pat or whoever it was said, you know, he could have just held that in to the very end and told us at that final tribal. And we would have felt, you know, a certain type of way about it. Not, not negatively, but like we would have had a, a different, maybe a different feeling towards it. Him doing it this early, like he didn't have to open up to us and he did. And we appreciated it. Yeah. So all that to say, I mean, I, I, I think that, uh, I, I'm already seeing more of Nick's strategic capabilities than we saw in Winners at War, and then that's definitely a good thing. So, all right, sure, well, I've enjoyed sure. it. We'll, over the next week or so, we'll watch a couple more episodes, and we'll get back to it next week. Have a good one. Sounds good, buddy. Take care.